Good morning, good news. How we doing? My name is Strider. We are so glad that you're here. If you are new or visiting, a special welcome to you. We have something that we call the Connect Card that we keep in the seat backs in front of you. It looks like this. would love for you to take one of those out, uh, fill it out, and when you leave today, you can drop that in the black box on your way out. If you look at the bottom of the card, you will see some opportunities to take a next step. One of those is have lunch with a pastor. And uh, if you've been uh, coming and would like to know more about who we are and what we believe and, and, uh, and to get better connected, Smiley would love to have lunch with you so you could mark that on your card as a potential next step. Um, this Saturday, uh, here at the Wildwood campus, we will be having a service for uh, Barbara Hayes at 2 o'clock. Um, and there will be a reception in the gym to, uh, to follow afterwards. Barbara is... Uh, one of our members here uh, who died last week. And so you are invited to come, and uh, that's 2 o'clock here at the Wildwood campus. Uh, also, we had one of our church planters in town with us last week, and so we thought it'd be fun to give you a little update on all that God's doing in Greece. So check this out. Hello, Good News Church. We have a special guest in town, our friend Alex, all the way from Athens, Greece. So Alex, why don't you tell us a little bit about the partnership you have with Good News Church? Thank you, Travis, and uh, it's my joy to be here with you and to see familiar faces and familiar places. Uh, you, you have been partnering with us, you know, and helping promoting the uh, good news of uh, gospel in Greece since 2013. You have been involved more than three churches, actually yourselves, mm -hmm. and in so many other ways today. But it's a great encouragement just to know that you're praying for us, you're supporting uh, in our needs, uh, and this mutual you know, interaction is so blessing experience for us. Yeah, so Good News Church in 2013, we partnered with Alex on his church plants, and we've planted several in the Athens area since then. Um, what's, uh, what's one way maybe we could be praying for your church specifically? Yeah, pray for us as we are in this, like, 10 years now and more running this church plant so that uh, more mature believers from these uh, new conversions that happen in this period of church planting that this maturing will lead to possibly new leaders, either in positions of elders, of deacons, or maybe even uh, ministers you know, to the city or church planters. That's one way to pray for us, and also pray that God will continue to sustain this unity among this network of church plants, because it's not always a given, So, and we definitely believe it's a part of uh, a prayer, a continuation of prayer for us, so pray for us, yeah, for unity and for maturity of new disciples, new members in our church. All right, well, church, let's pray for Alex in Athens, Greece, and so glad you could be with us. Thank you, so glad to be with you. Thanks. So let's do that. Lord, thank you so much for Alex. And Lord, we pray for unity among the church planters. Lord, we pray that the churches would see many, many converts, many one to faith in you. And those disciples raise up elders and, and deacons for good church leadership and new church planters to plant more churches. May the gospel continue to spread rapidly in many disciples made in Greece. Lord, we're here today because we're a needy people, and, and you know our needs. And Lord, we pray that you would meet our needs. Lord, as we open up your word together today, forgive the one who speaks for his sins are many, and Holy Spirit, fall fresh through the preaching of your word. We pray that you would win lost people and, and build believers and equip workers and multiply disciple makers. 
Lord, as we look around our country, we're praying for a revival in your church. We need a revival. Our, our country needs a great spiritual awakening. You've done it before. Will you do it again? Will you not yourself revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And we pray for the gospel to spread in, in Greece, but also here this week we rejoice at seeing four people who put their faith in Christ this year, and we rejoice with that. And we want you to join us in prayer. The last three years, God's doubled the number of evangelists we've had in our church. And so last year we had 101. That would make 202 people have a chance to lead someone to faith in Christ. That's going to take all of us saying, Lord, I'd like to be one of them. So won't you pray for us that God would move among us, that we would see 202 people have a chance to lead someone to faith in Christ. If you're new, we believe the Bible is God's Word. We love to open it up and, and study it together, and we're in Matthew chapter 5. So if you have your Bible, turn there. And if you don't, bring a Bible with you. It's all about Jesus. If you need one, you can pick one up in the lobby. Matthew 5, verse 9. Um, We've been studying what are often called the, 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 um, the Sermon on the Mount or the Beatitudes. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Um, I was having breakfast with Jesus recently, and, and I was reading in 1 Samuel, and I discovered that there are questions a husband ought not to ask his wife if he's not prepared for the answer. So the story is Elkanah is married to Hannah, and Hannah has no children, and she wants children. So Elkanah asked the question, am I not better to you than ten sons? To which Hannah would say what? No. And that really stuck out to me because recently I did a funeral in Bradenton, which, you know, it was about four hours away. And so I asked my wife, would you like to, like, spend the day in the car with me to go to the funeral and back? To which she said, no. <laughs> but our son in Denver and his wife, Megan, say, would you like to come hold your new grandson? And guess what she said? Yes. So Karen once again left me for another man, you see. <laughs> So yesterday, she hopped on a plane and flew out. She wouldn't spend four hours with me, but she would fly. Uh, she's having a great time. Uh, for those who don't know, that's our third kid, Nathan, and their new grandson, our new grandson, Harrison. Uh, we actually have two kids in Denver now. Mary is also there. She's finishing up her nurse practitioner school, so it's really cool to have two of our kids in, uh, in the same place. Okay, moving on from that, got a question. Uh, how many of you would like to be happy? Just a few of you? Come on, wouldn't you like to be happy? You're in the best place because what we've been learning this year is Jesus went up on a mountain and his disciples came to him, them and he began to teach them eight keys to happiness. Eight different keys that if we want to be happy, we come to Jesus, we sit at his feet and learn. And we're to the seventh key today, the seventh key to happiness. And the point of today's message is that happy are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Because we've been learning that to be blessed is to be happy. Now, happy are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. 
And I am so, so excited. Here's why. Because there are opportunities this week in our homes. There will be opportunities this week in our church and throughout our community for us to pursue our happiness. Because Jesus said, happy are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. So this week there's going to be unlimited opportunities for us to pursue our happiness by being peacemakers. Because that's what Jesus is teaching us, that happy are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Imagine what could happen in our homes. Imagine what could happen in our church and community if we really believed that we can pursue our happiness by being peacemakers. So to get there, we're going to ask three questions. And the first question that we want to ask is, who are the peacemakers? Who are they? And then we're going to ask the second question, uh, uh, why are they called sons of God? Why are peacemakers called sons of God? And then my favorite question of them all is, why are they so happy? Why are the peacemakers so happy? So let's start with who are the peacemakers. And I don't know about you, but when you read blessed or happy are the peacemakers, I'm thinking that doesn't describe me. <laughs> does it describe you? But you know who it does describe? It describes who? Jesus, that Jesus is the peacemaker. And isn't that true with all of the keys to happiness? I mean, it describes Jesus better than us, the merciful, the gentle, the pure in heart, right? Um, but uh, <clears throat> Jesus is the peacemaker. Matter of fact, one of his names, he's called the prince of what? The prince of peace, right? And doesn't the Bible teach that Jesus is our peace? And so, who are the peacemakers? The peacemakers are those who believe in the peacemaker. They believe in the peacemaker, and then they're learning, they're learning how to follow the peacemaker. They're learning how to follow the peacemaker into their homes and be peacemakers, and into their church and be peacemakers, and into the community and be peacemakers. So let's start with who are the peacemakers? Those who believe in the peacemaker. Our biggest struggle as Christians is actually the same as those who don't know Christ. You know what it is? Is we refuse to believe. We refuse to believe the gospel. We refuse to believe how bad news the gospel really is and how good news the good news of the gospel is. Because the bad news of the gospel says we were all at war with God. And we refuse to believe that. That we were at war with God. But the good news is that Jesus is the peacemaker, and we refuse to believe as well that we are at peace with God through faith in Christ. So, so let's start with the bad news, that we were enemies of God. We were at war with God. The Bible teaches that consistently. But, but let me show you in Jeremiah chapter 6. From the least of them, even to the greatest of them, Everyone is greedy for gain, and from the prophet even to the priest, everyone deals falsely. Uh, all people are at war with God. We live in a culture that is at war with God, that God the Creator is not welcomed in our schools, is He? Because we are at war, war with God. Now notice, when people are at war with God, how do you know? Well, they're all greedy. 
Doesn't that describe our culture? Doesn't that describe us? Notice as well uh, that everyone deals falsely. There's misinformation and disinformation and lying, right? Because we are at war with God from the prophet, even, to the, even the religious people deal falsely. They have healed the brokenness of my people superficially, saying, peace, peace, but there is no peace. Peacemakers are not those who offer false peace. God is love. God is love. God would never punish anyone. How many churches offer false peace, saying there is peace? God would never punish anyone when there is no peace. Notice what comes. Were they ashamed? Because of the abomination they have done. Is there any shame in our culture? Is there? When we are at war with God, there is no shame. Were they ashamed because of the abomination they've done? They were not even ashamed at all. They did not even know how to blush. We live in a culture where you have LGBTQ pride. There's no shame that, that, that we are proud of our abomination. We live in a culture where we have politicians and they say, I am all for the right of a mother to kill her child in her womb. Is there shame? Do they say it in quiet or do they say it out loud? We live in a culture that's at war with God because all people are at war with God. Were they ashamed because of the abomination they have done? They were not even ashamed at all. They did not even know how to blush. Therefore, they shall fall among those who fall. At the time that I punish them, they shall be cast down, says the Lord. And we are at war against a God who is just. <laughs> And God says that if we die while we're still at war with him, we're going to spend eternity in hell. Did you know that? The Bible teaches that consistently. Let's move from the Older Testament to the Newer Testament. In Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter 9, <clears throat> And inasmuch as it is appointed for men to pass away once. Is that what it says? So, why are you shocked when I said pass away? That's what you tell me, isn't it? Don't you tell me your aunt passed away or, or your sister passed away? You don't tell me they died, but you know the Bible uses the word die. Do you know we live in a death-denying culture? The Bible says, and inasmuch as it is appointed for men to die once, and after this comes judgment. It's so important you understand that none of us are getting out of this alive. None of us are. We're all going to die once, and then comes judgment. And if we die once, while we're at war with God, we're going to die twice. We're going to die physically and spiritually. That's what hell is. You've heard the saying that if you're born once, you're going to die twice. But if you're born twice... Listen, you, you're born physically and you're, you're born again, you'll die once. If we die while we are at war with God, we're going to die twice. Listen to the, in the next chapter in Hebrews 10, verse 31. It is, it is a terrifying thing to fall into the hands of the living God. How many people do you know who are terrified, who are terrified to die 
outside of Christ. The Bible says that if we die while we are at war with God, we should be terrified. Uh, you're still not convinced that we were at war with God, so let me show you another passage in Colossians chapter 1. Verse 19, For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in Him, and through Him to reconcile all things to Himself that our first parents sinned and that wrecked everything. And since then, all people have been at war with God. Jesus came to reconcile people who were at war with God, to reconcile all things to himself, having made peace through the blood of the cross. Through him, I say, whether things on earth or things in heaven. And although you were formerly, what? Alienated. We were separated from God. We were alienated and hostile. It wasn't indifferent. We were hostile toward God, engaged in evil deeds. Some of you aren't convinced. I wasn't at war with God. Well, God says, honor your father and mother. And what did you say? I won't do that. Isn't that hostile? And God says, listen, sex belongs in marriage to be enjoyed between a husband and wife. And what did we say? Listen, I don't care what you say. I'm going to have sex with who I want to, right? Isn't that what it means to be at war with God? And then some of you say, well, th that doesn't describe me. Well, how about this? Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. How can there be one way? And, or Jesus says, the only hope you have of salvation is to believe in me. I don't need a Savior. I can save myself. Isn't that hostility toward God? Um, the bad news is we were all at war with God, committing crime after crime against God, and what we deserved is hell itself. That's the bad news. But the good news is so much greater than we ever imagined that Jesus is the peacemaker. Jesus makes it possible for us to be at peace with God. Uh, although you were formerly alienated and hostile in mind, engaged in evil deeds, yet he has now reconciled you in his fleshly body through death. God the Son put on flesh and died to reconcile us to God so the war would stop in order to present you before him holy and blameless and beyond reproach. For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in Him. See, our Father is a peacemaker, and He came up with a plan for those who are living in rebellion against God to have peace with God. And it involved His Son, and through Him to reconcile all things to Himself, that God the Son put on flesh to reconcile us, having made peace through the blood of His cross. Jesus is God made man. He's, he's fully God and fully man. And as a man, he could take our place on the cross and become our substitute to pay the penalty that our sins deserve. As God, his death would be of infinite value. Um, Jesus went to the cross because we were at war with God and he took our sins upon himself and he died in our place and he was buried, but the third day he rose. And you know what he offers us? Peace. He offers us peace with God. He offers us the chance to be forgiven. He offers us the chance to do life and eternity with God in peace. No more war. 
And what does it require of us? But faith, right? Oh, you want to hear some really good news? Uh, in, in Romans 5, verse 1, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The moment we put our faith in Jesus, He takes all of our sins and we're forgiven, and He gives us His righteousness. So from that moment on, we can do life and eternity at peace with God. Have you believed? Um, if you haven't, won't you now? Uh, listen, I'm going to share with you how, and, and if you need help, I'll give you a chance when we close in prayer. But you do not want to die while you're still at war with God. Today's the day to surrender to the Lord and say, hey, the hostility ceases. You see, saving faith really is as simple as ABC where we admit and believe and commit. Won't you? Won't you admit, Jesus, I have sinned against you and I am sorry. Won't you do that? And... I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose. And, and won't you commit, Jesus, I want you to be my Savior. You're my only hope. Forgive me. Give me eternal life. And I want you to be Lord of my life and help me be the person you want me to be. Won't you? Oh, and if you have, do you hear what it says? Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Have you ever seen those pictures of VE Day? Have you? When the war, War II in Europe was over and people were thrilled and rejoicing. Have you seen the pictures of VJ Day when, when the victory over Japan? The people are so thrilled. When we understand that we were God's enemies and we were hellbound, and now... Now we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, we're so thankful. Who are the peacemakers? The peacemakers are those that are celebrating. They're no longer enemies of God, but they are God's children. And their hearts have been so captured by the love of Christ, they're following the peacemaker. They're following the peacemaker into their homes and into the church and into the community to be peacemakers, to reconcile people to God and to each other. You see, the moment we believe in Jesus, we're at peace with God. And the peacemaker moves in, and he becomes our model for life and ministry, our model for peacemaking. And he says, follow me. Listen, this is the path to happiness. Happy, happy are those. Happy are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. And that is such a crazy idea. He gives us the Holy Spirit to convince us it's true. The Holy Spirit says, Jesus is wiser than you. Follow him. He knows the path to happiness better than you do. Follow him. What if we believed it? What if we believed what Jesus said? Happy are the peacemakers, uh, for they shall be called the sons of God. Oh. Jesus, uh, in, John, in John 17, uh, Jesus said, uh, as you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. Do you know the Father sent Jesus into the world on a peacemaking mission? And if you're a Christian, 
Jesus has moved into you, and he's sending you. Uh, don't wait for the other people in your family. He's sending you. He's sending you into your home and you into your church and you into your community on a peacemaking mission. Listen, as you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. That's why we study the life of Jesus so we can see how he made peace so we can go and be peacemakers too, right? Oh, imagine what our homes would look like. Imagine what our church would look like. Imagine what our community would look like if we did that. Oh, so Jesus died and, and rose again, and then we see it again in John 20, uh, verse 21. I love this. So Jesus said to them, what? Help me out. Jesus said to them, oh, you missed the most important word I wanted for you. Again. <laughs> he said to them, what? Again. I mean, are you a mom or dad? You ever said that to your kids? Again? Oh, but I love that. So we're here. And Jesus says, peace be with you. We have God's favor. And now he what? He, he sends us. We represent him. He sends us as peacemakers. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. He sends us into our home. He sends us into our church, into our community on a peacemaking mission. So the first question we asked was, who are the peacemakers? You should be able to spot them, spot them because they have the biggest smile on their face. They cannot believe that former enemies are at peace with God, and we have God's favor. The peacemakers are those who believe the gospel, right? And they're the ones who are following the peacemaker into their homes and church and community on a peacemaking mission. So why are they called the sons of God? Why are they called the sons of God? Happy are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. And here's why. Back in Colossians 1, it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in Him. That our Heavenly Father is a peacemaker. And uh, we are never more like our Heavenly Father than, we, than when we're peacemakers in our home or church or community. We're like our Father. And through Him to reconcile all things to himself. Our big brother, Jesus, is a peacemaker. And we are never more like our big brother, Jesus, than when we're peacemakers in our home or church or community and through him to reconcile all things. A peacemaking mission to reconcile people to God and also to each other. Huh. All things to himself and having made peace through the blood of his cross. Through him, I say, whether things on earth or things in heaven, Never forget, as we carry out this mission, and although you were formerly alienated and hostile in mind, engaged in evil deeds, yet he has now reconciled you in his fleshly body through death in order to present you before him, holy and blameless and beyond reproach. So we're called sons of God because we're acting like our heavenly father and we're, we're acting like our big brother Jesus by being peacemakers. And the closer we follow Jesus, and the more we become like him, what can we expect? 
that as we carry out our ministry of peacemaking, we should expect to attract more and more people to Jesus. And at the same time, we should expect to repel more and more people because Jesus always divides people. When we follow Jesus as a peacemaker, we should expect to attract more and more people to him and at the same time repel more and more people. Let me show you. In Matthew 5, verse 16, we'll get to verse 16 in a few years. 5.16, let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. When people see you as a peacemaker in your home, reconciling people to God and to each other, when people see you as a peacemaker in your church, reconciling people to God and each other, when they see you in the community reconciling people, some people are going to say, man, tell me more, tell me more, and you'll attract more and more people to Jesus. But at the same time, you'll repel more and more people too because we don't say peace, peace when there is no peace. And when we share the bad news of the gospel that people are at war with God, some people don't like to hear that. And when we share there's only one way to have life with God, some people will not like that. And that's why next week we're going to read Blessed, Happier those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Not everyone appreciates a peacemaker. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward in heaven is great, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you." As we carry out our peacemaking mission, we should expect to experience happiness as we see people that that are reconciled to God, and we should expect persecution as well. They will both happen. It's so important in this life that we learn that we can have multiple emotions in our hearts at the same time. We can be happy and persecuted at the same time. We can be happy and persecuted at the same time Let me show you that. Last year, as we were reading through the Newer Testament, and I got to Revelation chapter 1, this verse really stood out to me. Look at this verse, Revelation 1, 9. I, John. John is the same John who wrote the gospel. 1, 2, 3, John wrote Revelation. Now, notice what he says. I, John, your brother and fellow partaker in the tribulation and kingdom and perseverance, which are in Jesus, was on the island called Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. So he's on an island. Was it for bank robbing? Uh, He was in there because he shared his testimony about Jesus and the word of God. But what I want you to notice, he says, I was a fellow partaker in the tribulation and the kingdom. (laughs) Hey, John, how was it? It was the best of days and it was the worst of days. I'm in God's kingdom. I'm doing life with King Jesus. It's so good to do life with King Jesus. But I'm also in tribulation. All my other apostles, they've been martyred, and I'm in exile. Ah, listen, he was happy and persecuted at the same time. And we will be too as we follow Jesus. So, uh, 
Three questions. Who are the peacemakers? They're those who believe in the peacemaker and are are beginning to follow the peacemaker. And why are they called the sons of God? Because we're never more like our Heavenly Father. We're never more like our big brother than when we're peacemakers. And now the third question, why are they so happy? The reason peacemakers are so happy is they believe the gospel. They believe the bad news that we were at war with God. And they believe the good news that we now have peace with God. They're so happy because they believe there's opportunities for happiness everywhere, all the time. Don't we live in a world filled with conflict, don't we? Are not our homes filled with conflict? Our church, our community? But what does Jesus say? Happy are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. So when we encounter conflict in our home or church or community, we say, wow, this is my opportunity. Jesus said, this is how you can be happy. Let me pursue my happiness in being a peacemaker. Jesus, help me. Help me to be like you. Help me to follow you, to be a peacemaker in my home and church and community. Uh, So there it is. Who are the peacemakers? They are those who believe in the peacemaker and follow the peacemaker. Why are they called the sons of God? Because they're becoming more and more like our father and big brother every day. Why are they so happy? Because they have peace with God. And there's conflict everywhere. There's opportunities for happiness everywhere. So I bet you can't guess what our action step is going to be. You know what? I just want you to be a peacemaker, a peacemaker. And uh, for that to happen, we need to believe in the peacemaker and then begin to follow the peacemaker. And I want you to understand that if we want to be a peacemaker, it starts by being at peace with God. And then it moves to having peace within And when we're at peace with God and peace within, then we can begin to move out and be peacemakers with others. So I want to share with you how amazing it is that we have peace with God because I want you to leave here today walking and leaping and praising God that you have the biggest smile you've ever had on your face because you leave here saying, we have peace with God. Because when that shocks you, you'll want everyone else to know it. Many people believe that Romans 8, that Romans 8 is the greatest chapter in the Bible. Matter of fact, they say it's a great sandwich. It really is. It's a, it's, it's a peace sandwich, okay? Now, with a sandwich, you have two pieces of bread, right? And the top piece of bread is this. Uh, the reason I want you leaving rejoicing is you've got to hear this verse. Therefore, there is now... No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Have you ever done anything wrong? Man, I have. But I can leave here today knowing there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Isn't that amazing? We have peace with God. No condemnation. Now that's the top piece. You know, at the bottom piece, you have a piece of bread on the bottom too, right? Oh, listen to this. Romans 8, 30, who will separate us from the love of Christ? 
will tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword, just as it is written, for your sake we are being put to death all day long, we were considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Listen, the bad news is we have some difficult days ahead. The good news is nothing or no one will ever separate us from his love. That's why we are happy. But in all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hallelujah. The top piece, no condemnation. The bottom piece, nothing or no one will separate us from. Isn't that what we long for? Don't we all long to be loved with the love that can't be lost? Isn't that what we have when Jesus moves in? He says, what, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. And that's just the two pieces of bread. Oh, there's so much in between, so much about what it means to be at peace with God. How amazing that is. How about this, Romans 8, 33. What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? Isn't that great? I mean, if God is for us, what does it matter who's against us? Do we live in a hostile culture? Absolutely. But God is for us. We have God's favor. That's what it means, happy. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they, we have God's favor. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? We get to do life knowing that God loves us. He's going to take care of us. Who will bring a charge against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Listen. We're so afraid of what other things God justifies. Who can bring a charge against us? <clears throat> you ever wish you had a great prayer team? Do, do you, are you a Christian? You have an amazing prayer team. Listen to what it says. Christ Jesus is he who died, yes, rather who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who also intercedes for us. That Jesus ascended into heaven. There's the Father. Do you know that Jesus is sitting right next to him, continually interceding for you? Isn't that amazing? But wait, there's more. Do you know who also is interceding for you? The Holy Spirit. Right here in the same chapter. Right here in the same chapter, in verse 26, in the same way the Spirit also helps our weaknesses, for we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes with us with groanings too deep for words. Oh, Top piece of bread. You know why we smile a lot? Because we have peace with God. We have his favor, no condemnation. You know, the bottom piece, nothing or no one will ever separate us from the... If God is for us, who can be against us? The Father and the Spirit interceding for us continually, right? Uh, and when we have peace with God, then we begin to experience peace within. As we begin to experience peace within, we can follow the peacemaker into our homes and into our church and into our community as peacemakers. Oh, so this week when there's conflict in our home or church or community and 
we're the problem? I usually am. Then, then I want to be a peacemaker and say, listen, I am so sorry I've wronged you. Will you forgive me? Uh, when, when we are the one who's wrong, let's confess and ask others to forgive us. And when others have wronged us, when others have wronged us, remember how Jesus taught us to pray? He said, what, for, uh, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors? But Tony, listen, you don't know how I've been wronged. How can you forgive someone for doing that? Here's how. Now listen, real. no one will ever get away with sin. Did you know that? Every sin ever committed will be punished. The reason we can forgive is because every sin will be punished. It will either be punished in them in hell forever, or it will be paid for by Jesus on the cross for their sins. And if we don't forgive, we're saying what Jesus did wasn't sufficient to cover that. No one will ever get away with sin. Every sin will be punished. That's how we can say, Father, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Um, listen, who do you know who really needs to hear what we learned today? Won't you go and share with them? Won't you go and share? Hey, you know what we learned in church on Sunday? It is possible for us to be at peace with God. Would you like to know how? See, we all have a problem called sin, but Jesus took care of our sin problem, and he offers us peace with God. Wouldn't you like to be at peace with God? I believe this week all of us are going to have conversations with people. I do every week where people share with you a conflict they're involved in. Man, I'm into this with someone at work. This person's driving me crazy or, or, or in my home. When I say, hey, could I share with you what we learned in church on Sunday? You know what we learn happier, the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Oh, if you want to resolve conflicts, first we need peace with God. Won't you believe in Him? And then when we experience peace within, we can begin to move and have peace with others. <laughs> I believe all of us this week are going to have people that are going to say, why is the world, why, are, why can't people just get along? And you know why, right? Why? Because people are at war with God. And when people are at war with God, they're also at war with one another. And you have what they need to hear the gospel because the gospel can reconcile us to God and to each other. <laughs> and that's why I'm so excited about this week. I mean, did you hear what Jesus said? He said, happy. Happy are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. And, and this week, we can be happy because we believe the gospel, that we have peace with God. The conflict is ended, and we have peace. And we're going to go out, and there's going to be conflict in our homes, and in our church, and in our community. But the difference between this week and last week is now we know that Jesus says that conflict is an opportunity for us to pursue our happiness. He says, follow me, follow me. This is an opportunity. 
what if this week, when we encountered conflict, we said, Jesus, you're wiser than me. You know the path to happiness better than me. Help me to pursue my happiness in being a peacemaker with others the way you've been with me. Wow. How I would love to unleash into our homes and church and community a people who really believe that happiness comes from following the peacemaker. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for pursuing your happiness in reconciling us to God. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross and rising and offering us peace with God. Listen, if you're not at peace with God, if you've never put your faith in him, won't you now? Don't wait until it's too late. One day it'll be too late. Today's the day if you hear his voice to be saved. Won't you tell him, Jesus, I've sinned against you and I'm sorry. And I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose. And I want you to come into my life and be my Savior. And forgive me. And give me eternal life. I want you to be Lord of my life and help me be the person you want me to be. If you've done that for the first time, won't you mark that on your card? We'd love to celebrate with you. Won't you tell someone, if you tell someone else that you made peace with God, it'll make Jesus more real to you. Lord, I pray for those of us who have believed in the peacemaker that we would leave here walking and leaping and praising God, that we who were at war now have peace. No condemnation, nothing or no one will ever separate us from your love. That if God is for us, who's against us? That we leave rejoicing, that we have the Father and the Spirit interceding for us continually. Lord, send us out on a peacemaking mission in our homes, in church, in community. Lord, when we encounter conflict this week, may we... May you change our thinking where we say, wow, this is my opportunity. This is my opportunity. Lord, help me to pursue my happiness in following you and being a peacemaker. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen.